Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, So we've been in a mindset series and I'm just going to jump straight in because there's a lot that's in my heart to say today. And we've been in this mindset series about renewing your mind and and um, getting a healthy mind, getting, getting a mind that's, that lives in peace, that's not like frantic everywhere all the time, but a mindset that is the way that God intended for your mind to be and to work. And, um, you know, I just started thinking kind of about the mind. Is a, it's a fascinating thing, and there's incredible studies in psychology that you can look into and learn about the mind. Um, but it's amazing how when you just think about the mind in general, you think about a child being born and the process from going from being a child to an adult, how much the mind changes. And you can see it all across creation that, that things were meant to grow and change. Things aren't meant to be stagnant. So your mind and your thought processes and everything about you is meant to be in a growth process all the time. But the problem is, is sometimes we can start using the wrong processes for our growth and we find ourselves really dissatisfied or disappointed because we haven't been using God's processes for growth and finding ourselves where he's leading us. And so our minds are always changing. And I, and I was thinking about Maddie and I have been married for a long time and we've actually changed a lot since we first got got married. And so I've got a picture for you to enjoy. There we are. Um, Maddie's growing his hair out right now too, but it's not going to look like that <laughs> in the end. It looks great. You know, yeah, we may, we're making it. It looks awesome. Um, that's us when we were in our 20s in Bali somewhere because that was close to where we lived in Australia and we would go there a lot. And this was us. I, I think we've changed a lot in a lot of ways. But there's also some other really interesting things because when I start thinking about things, I usually find the humor in them. So I thought I'd share a few humorous things I think we've changed uh, over the years. And number one is, let's just see it. Show it, show it to us. The Walkman. <laughs> there it is. Um, that was an incredible device when it first came out, top of the line. Um, you know, future forward. But we've come a long way since the Walkman, haven't we? We went to the Discman. And after the Discman, we went to the iPod. And after the iPod, we went to the iPhone. I maybe am ready to go back to the Walkman. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that was in such a bad place. Also, you could look like that guy. Um, next, we've come a long way since the waterbed, <laughs> which usually came with its own built-in headboard and frame. <laughs> In case you wanted to store your dust, um, that's where you kept it. So we've come a long way since the waterbed. We've come a long way since the seatbelt <laughs> that wasn't required. Um, that, in fact, is Shannon Rents, our kids' director. There she is. Woo! She's got the McDonald's burger. She's got Barney. She's got the windbreaker. And she's got the luxury seat with no seatbelt. If you ever went on a road trip as a child, you would know you just put your mattress in the back of the car. You did not buckle up, and you slept the whole way. We've come a long way since jazzercise. (laughs) Hands up if you ever did jazzercise. Come on, don't be shy. You taught it. Look out, could be making a comeback at Colonial Church on Wednesdays, a life course on Jazzercise. <laughs> We've come a long way since the culotte. God bless them. Actually, when I walk around the store now, I'm like, are they coming back? What's happening? And finally, we've come a long way since the deep V. 
<laughs> there they are. That is my brother on the right and my husband on the left. That V was deep. And it was a season. It was like there was a time at church when the guys would get up to lead worship and there would be, you know, like girls are like, you know, like, like careful how short your skirt is because when you're jumping around, it's like, woo, everybody gets more than they bargained for. And the guys are like, hey, just like watch how deep the V's are. <laughs> why was that? Why did that need to be said? I don't know. The deep V. There's a lot of things that we've left behind, right? As, as we've grown, as you mature, as you create, you like, you leave stuff behind and you move forward into the future. And it's funny, right? Like there's ridiculous, you could probably name so many more. There's ridiculous things that we've left in the past, but just like the humor can be found in that. It's like, there's some real stuff that we need to leave behind. And there's so much of our lives that we leave things behind in, but sometimes in our, in our spiritual life, that doesn't really apply. Like I know tons of people that go to the gym, probably like I play tennis, but I don't go to the gym, you know what I'm saying? It's just me. But there's a whole culture of counting in a healthy way. They're the strongest people, healthiest people I know physically. They count, you count your macros and you know like this percentage will equal a healthy body. And so like you can do that and know that you're going to see the results in your bodies, right? Okay, imagine if you did that for your spiritual life. Imagine if you're like, if I do these, if this percentage of my life I give to God, 100%, heller, um, but if, if you looked at reality and said, oh, I actually only, God only gets this much of my life, well, that kind of makes sense that I'm struggling in this area because if I look at the reality of my life, um, I'm just not really giving God what he deserves, right? I mean, but we do it for our physical bodies. Imagine if you did it for your spiritual body. Like you get on Instagram and you scroll and if you look at the same things for so long, all of a sudden, like all you think about is making pasta because that's all that's on your Instagram. And then you learn how to make pasta or if you like talk about, like I just talked about macros, V-Shred is gonna come up for sure on my Instagram later. And I'm gonna be like, man, this could be my answer. And I'm gonna go all the way through until they ask me for my email and they'll be like, I'm out. <laughs> like almost, I was almost great at that until you needed my email. There's so many things that like you can set your minds on and begin shaping your world and your culture. Um, my mindset of church used to be like, I come to church. Church is good. I come to church on Sundays. I like church. I love God. So here I am at church and I just came to church. But then my mindset as I've matured as a believer has become, I belong here. I belong at church. I'm a part of this. Like I'm a part of what God, God is doing. It's not just something I go to. It's a place that, it, it, these are my people. This is my culture. These are, this is my community. My mindset changed. My mindset of, of my life used to be, I'm gonna, I want to go to all these places. I want to do all these things. I want to like, be successful in this. And it was I, I, I. And my mindset as I've matured has become, I want to love God. And I want to love others. And so that's my mindset in my life now. It's just changed and it shifted as I've grown. As I've grown. As I've grown. <laughs> so has my vocabulary. We see so many changes in the Bible and the mindset of God's people. So what I want to do today is I want to read uh, to you from Exodus 15. And we're just going to start when this is right when the Israelites have come out of Egypt. And so they've just crossed through the Red Sea, miracles, walked through on dry land. It's a miracle that they've gotten out of captivity. Moses has led them through. We all know how Moses makes coffee, right? He brews it. You're welcome. You can save that. Write that down in your notes. Um, so we're going to read from Exodus 15. Let's pray before we do. God, thank you so much for your church. God, thank you that you love your children. God, that you love that we're in your house today, Father. 
that there's a smile on your face as we laugh in your house and we just find the joy of knowing you, God. Would you help us to set our minds on things that are above right now, God? Would you soften our hearts? God, I believe you're going to lead us from captivity to freedom in so many areas of our life this morning. If we would just trust and listen and obey and know that you have good, good things ahead for us, God, for our, for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. Okay, great. Let's do it. Um, if you have your Bibles open to Exodus 15, we're going to start in verse 22. And this is what it says. It says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. Okay, that just to pause on its own is absolutely incredible. So they've just come out of captivity. They've been walking through the wilderness. They are dying of thirst and they come to water and think, can you imagine like being so thirsty after days of being thirsty and thinking I finally found water only to find that it's bitter and feeling like, God, this is disappointing. Like, have you ever been in a place in your life where you got out of like captivity and you started walking? You're like, God's taking me somewhere, but you were met with disappointment when you thought it was hope. But what does God do? He instructs Moses to take the log and put it in the water, and the water becomes sweet. And the word for you and for me today is, you might think you're encountering disappointment when God can turn your disappointment into sweetness. And you just have to trust him. Okay. (laughs) Great. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God... And do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped by the water. They set out from Elam, and all of the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is not what you would think, because I was like, yeah, they were in the wilderness of sin. <laughs> That's not what it means. It actually is referencing Mount Sinai, so there goes your parallel. I was kind of bummed. Which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, they had departed from the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So this is a story of the people of God moving from captivity to freedom and the struggle to figure out what it looks like to trust God when your captives don't just give you enough to make you comfortable and make you want to stay. Okay, and so first they come to Mara which they think is disappointment, and God turns it into sweetness. And then they come to Elam, and Elam is like the opposite. Wilderness, a wilderness journey is not going to be like a, a, always an up 
uphill road, you know, where like it just keeps getting better and better and better. You're going to have some like valleys and mountains, right? Does everybody, we all know that, right? In, in our walk with God, it's like he, he teaches us on the mountains and he teaches us in the valleys. And often the sweetest things grow in the valleys. And so don't be afraid of the valleys. But in this particular circumstance, we've gone from a valley to a mountain. And so they get to Elam and what God shows them is I will provide for you even when you think it's disappointment and turn it into sweetness. But also I will take you to places where when you were thirsty, you were hoping there would be water. And now you have 12 springs of water and shade in the middle of the desert. God can do anything in a wilderness season, anything. And it's beautiful. So he takes them to those two camps. And I want to show you a few things that he's teaching the Israelites and he's teaching you and I in the middle of our journey in the wilderness. Um, He's showing his people in Exodus, number one, I will free you. I will rescue you. I will provide for you. I will take care of you. And I am the better place. That's what he's saying to the Israelites. To you, do you know what he's saying this morning? He's saying, I will free you. I will rescue you. I will provide for you. I will take care of you. I am the better place. He is the better place. He's better than captivity. It took God one day to get Israel out of Egypt. And it took God 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. So the question for you and me today is, how long will it take us for God to get Egypt out of us, for him, for him to get the captive spirit out of us, to get us to stop living like we're still enslaved and live like the free children of God that we are? Because I'm going to tell you right now today, if you are in Christ Jesus, who the sun sets free, is free indeed. And so you're free. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are free and clear because of what he did for you. But it's so easy to live like the captive that we used to be because we're figuring out how to live like the free person that we are. So if you're looking for a title today, write down leaving Egypt. So the question is, how do I leave Egypt? Number one, if you're going to leave Egypt, I have to come out of Egypt. So you've got to choose. I'm going to choose to be free. So Moses went to the Israelites in Egypt, and he led them out of Egypt. He didn't make them come out of Egypt. They had to choose to leave Egypt. So there was one road out. It wasn't like, and God parted the Red Sea. And God also made this other way. And God made this way. And there was all the Israelites fleed from different parts of Egypt. It was one road out of Egypt. And that's significant for you and I because it was a picture of the Messiah coming. And so Jesus came and Jesus was one way. There's not many ways to God. There's Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus is the way to freedom. We are captive until we go through Jesus and get to freedom. Okay, so that's how we come out of Egypt. It's through Jesus. Imagine this. Imagine you get married. Has anybody been married for like less than a year in here? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so you get married, and maybe before you get married, you're living with, like, a bunch of girlfriends, or if you're a guy, you're living with, like, frat party in a guy's house, and, like, you get married, and you go on your honeymoon, you come back, and the house is set up, and then uh, you live with your spouse, but you also, like, pay for the room at your other house before you got married on the side because you enjoyed that life, and so you would like to keep that as an option. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, in no circumstance is your spouse going to be cool with that. Why? Why not? Because that would be super weird, number one. Um, It also would show them that you're not committed to the life that you actually said that you were going to commit to. 
So how much like that for us does it, does it look like to say yes to Jesus, but to keep this like side hustle life where we can find a few things that we used to be make us comfortable and make us happy, like the things that just the creature comforts that we could go back and get like a quick hit of, quick hit of joy off of and then come back to the life we were now committed to. It's so easy to make a decision like that so we get a quick fix of happiness, but God did not create you for that. He wants all of you. So if you want to come out of Egypt, you want to leave it behind, you have to be 100% committed to him because his way is the only way you're going to find true happiness. Like there's no, there is no real joy outside of Jesus. There's quick fix joy, but it's not lasting and he's made you for more than that. First or 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, you are a new creation in Christ. So the culture around you might try to convince you that captivity is freedom, but it's not. This is what it says in Romans 12 um, in the message. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. I love how it paraphrases that because... For you and I, we can just kind of fit into what's comfortable around us, and we don't even realize that we're not thinking like Christ made us to think. We just start thinking like the culture around us because we're just immersed in it and absorbed in it. But, but you and I, this isn't our home. Do you know that this isn't your home? We're like, we're visitors here. The Bible says that we're citizens of heaven. So I wonder if you would just ask the Holy Spirit right now, we we'll just close our eyes for just a second, just so you can like think about it and ask the Holy Spirit to show you one thing in your life that might be holding you back right now. And I believe he'll show you something. Just It's amazing how when you ask him, he's right there. Okay, now I want to I wanna show you a few things that cannot hold you back because I think these are a few things that we all can struggle with in our lives um, that cannot hold you if you're free in Christ Jesus. These are things that cannot hold you bound and captive anymore. Number one, insecurity. Because he calls you loved, he calls you chosen, he calls you purposed, he made you in his own image, and you are a highly favored child of God. So insecurity cannot hold you captive anymore. When it tries to, you remind yourself of who you are in Christ Jesus. Number two, fear. Fear cannot hold you back anymore because the Bible tells us that God is our protector, that we don't fear the arrows by day or the fire by night. He is our strong tower, a mighty fortress. We have no fear of bad news because we trust in the name of the Lord. So we cannot be held captive by fear anymore. Anger. We can't be held captive by anger. Do you struggle with anger? He is the prince of peace. If you feel angry, he is the peace in the middle of your anger. He will calm the storm inside of you. He forgave so that you can forgive. Insufficiency. He is the God who supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. You are never lacking. When God is your God, you lack no good thing. You will never find the things you have insufficient for the life God has called you to live when you trust him. Insufficiency or that feeling cannot hold you captive anymore. Say this with me, I'm free. When the enemy tries to tell you that you're not free or something is holding you, uh-uh, you tell him, you remind him, say it out loud in your house if you need to. Say it in your car if, if you're like road raging, I'm free. <laughs> Whatever it takes, remind yourself that you're free because you are no longer, longer a captive when you're in Christ Jesus. Nobody has to stay in captivity because Jesus was the way out. So I have to come out of Egypt. Number two, Egypt has to come out of me. I'm going to show you this is how, how it happens. 
Um, so we're going to go back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Give him your life, not, not the, like, boring parts of you, the best parts of you. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this is how it happens. You renew your mind. Imagine this. I have um, windows in the back of my house, and they're like the door. They're the it's not a window, it's a door. I have doors in the back of my house. <laughs> and they're the, the glass ones, you know, that are like the whole thing is glass. So I also have dogs. We have dogs. Me and my husband who live together, I'm not there by myself. We have dogs and dogs have wet noses and dogs are honestly just kind of dirty. I like, I love them, but also, ugh. Um, and so I clean the windows and every day the dogs go to the windows to look outside and their little noses touch the window and then they look all around. And so it's just like, you know, have you ever seen a kid like on a, on a windscreen or like a window, like put their nose on? It's so funny. They do that, but just like all over my windows. And then every day I have to clean the windows if I want them to be clear and clean, right? Your mind is the same. You have, it's, it's meant to be free and clear. And what happens is just the life and the space that you live in is full of a little bit of mess. And so every day you're going to find that like your view becomes a little bit, because you're just surrounded by things that are going to make it a little bit dirty. Every day you have to renew your mind. And if you don't, you're just going to be looking out of this filter that you were never meant to live from. But you can see free and clear if you just renew your mind by the word of God. Every single day, by, by spending time with him, you have to immerse yourself in, in his culture, in his kingdom. So I want to give you a few ways just quickly before we wrap up that you can um, get the Egypt out of you and live like the free person that you are. And this is just practical things that you can do every day to renew your mind. There's more, this is not a comprehensive list, but it's a list that I believe will help you. Number one, prayer. If you want to get Egypt out of you, you got to spend some time in prayer. Prayer is not um, a recitation, it's an invitation to relationship. You can recite, I think liturgies are so beautiful and they can help us find the words. Um, but, but it cannot just be lip service to God. It has to come from your heart. Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I could say that to God and it might not be from my heart because I just was saying it. But this is how I want to encourage you to make it from your heart. If you find yourself struggling for it not to be something you say, but something that comes from like your, your heart and soul, try this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And just pause. And then maybe say, God, you are holy. Your name is holy. Jesus, you are the name above every other name. I praise you, God. Thank you that you are a strong and mighty God and you are a fortress for me. And then go on. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. And then pause and maybe just say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. 
God, where there is sickness in me, I, I believe that it's going to disappear because I'm believing that what's on, on, in heaven is now on earth. God, I pray for my body to be like it is in heaven right now here on the earth and that you would bring healing to me and the people around me. And then you just go on and you start making it personal. It's amazing how you were created to talk to your father. You can't, you can't have a relationship with God if you never talk to him. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, of course, but like how many times do you stop and talk to him and just say, God, this has been really hard for me this week. Father, help me and remind yourself. Start saying, God, show me, remind me who you are. You are the God who never leaves me. You knit me together. You see me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And you just start to talk to him and you allow him to remind you like any good father would to a child, come and sit on my lap. It's going to be okay. I know you hurt. I know you scraped your knee. Let me just, I just want to hold you for a minute. And we'll talk about the Band-Aids in a minute. I just want to hold you. You have a father that when you talk to him, that's how he responds. How beautiful is that? So prayer. The second thing is the word of God. And I want to take us back just for a minute. Prayer is like an incense that rises. And if you imagine uh, these things kind of having a smell, prayer has a smell. It's like an incense. The word of God um, it doesn't smell like a meat pot. <laughs> I'll tell you why. In Exodus, it says, and the whole congregation of people grumbled against Moses, and so they're mad. And they say, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, and we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. And, and this is why this is important, is because often we will start smelling the meat pots of our past, which kind of grosses me out even to say, um, but you know what's amazing is we forget the pain of Egypt, of our Egypts. Like the Israelites are saying, what if, we, what if we would have just died by the meat pots? That would have been better than having to trust God daily if I just got something consistent from my captivity. And we start smelling the meat pots and we're like, oh, maybe I'll just head back there because that was, at least that was easier. But the problem is that that's, that's not what you were made for. And you might be sitting by a meat pot, but you're sitting there in shackles. He brought you out of the place that held you in shackles so that you could live in freedom. Don't start smelling convenience and head back to where he brought you out of. Convenience has a smell and it smells so good sometimes. It smells easier. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He will give you exactly what you need for every single day. That's what manna represented to the Israelites. They got exactly what they needed for the day, every single day, and they trusted God for it. God is teaching you in the inconvenience and the uncomfort how to trust him every single day. That's how you leave Egypt, is you start just trusting him every single day. And number three, um, the way we leave Egypt is through prayer through the word of God, and it's through worship. Worship is a sound. We know, okay? Worship is not just the music. Worship is the sound of our praise to God. So that doesn't just come through a song. But it's amazing how a sound um, changes who we are. It's like when we sing worship, it rem we remind ourselves who God is and what he's done, and we start to realign ourselves with who he is. It's so important that we start with praise when we worship because we say, this is who you are, God. And as we say, this is who you are, God, he says, I love you, 
and I'm going to take care of you. And we just start to align ourselves with a God that can do anything. And it's amazing how through the Bible you see how shouts bring breakthrough and how praise brings breakthrough and even how worshipers go out before battles and God wins the victory through the, the warfare of worship. Um, you know the story of Jericho where the people of God marched around and around and around and around and eventually they blew the ram's horn and then the people shouted and what happened? The walls fell down. A sound physically can change the makeup of something. It's miraculous, and it's really interesting because I found this video, and it's, it's, it's a study of somatics, and it's how um, sounds physically can change the makeup of, of something. And um, I, did a study, I read a study a while ago about water is the same thing. Our bodies are made up of so much water, and when you speak a word of life over water, it creates these beautiful crystallized pictures, and when you speak negatively, it just turns into this blob. Crazy, right? But science, even though we like use science for whatever we feel like it should be used for, actually just all points back to God. So I just want to show you quickly this video. <clears throat> So it shows how sound influence matter and molecular structures. Isn't that wild? So you can see the sound is changing the structure of the sand. Um, now I want you to think about worship. And when you start to sing, because Colossians tells us that everything was made by God and for God and everything find its, finds its purpose in him. So sound find its, finds its purpose in him. You, when you make a sound of praise or a sound of worship, your, your whole body begins to readjust and find its purpose in him. The things that were just kind of scattered around like that sand in your life, the sound of praise gives structure and beauty to all of the mess you feel in your life. Does it feel chaotic? Start to make a sound. When you start to make a sound of worship, you guys can just start playing. When you start to make a sound of worship, make a sound. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay? You're, you're going to realign with who you're created to be. You might not be able to see it on the outside yet, but what's happening inside your body as you just surrender to God, being the God of the universe and the God of science, is that your whole being will readjust to who you're called to be and the chaos will find purpose. So the team's just going to... Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.